Hi, I'm Emily with the Limitless Female Podcast. You are listening to episode 79, The One Touch Rule. Woman, welcome. If you're a mama who is feeling all the feels of motherhood, the ups and downs of hormones, and maybe even depression, then you are in the right place. Limitless Female is your confident inner voice, helping you master your mood and create the epic life that calls you. My goal is to show you just how enough you are so you can show up limitless in your own life. Let's get started. What's up, everybody? Welcome to 2022 on the Limitless Female Podcast. I'm so excited to be here with you guys today. Really, really thrilled and pumped about some of the things I've been thinking about for the year 2022. I'm so excited. And I want to kick off the year with a masterclass I've created for you. Come, you just need to find the link in the the show notes below. And when you click there, it will take you to a page that will allow you to put in your name and your email so that I can send you all the updates and reminders to let you know when that's happening and to give you a link to join. This class is free. Okay. And the topic of the class is going to be so applicable to everyone. The topic of this class is how to meet your own needs. So often I see relationships struggling, business relationships struggling, mother and daughter, uh, daughter and friend, mother and her mother, right? If you're in a, uh, a woman adult and you have a mother who's an adult and you guys are trying to figure out this new relationship as adults together while you're mothering, it is really important to how to know how to take care of your own needs. And often that is misinterpreted to put walls up and not need anybody. Okay. Or to not have expectations or to not ask people for what you need. And that is not what I am teaching. How to Meet Your Own Needs is a masterclass where I'm going to give you five straightforward steps on how to identify what your needs are, how to find things and implement things to fulfill them, and how to allow the other people in your relationships to be authentic because you don't need them to show up in a way that's different than who they are. This does not negate asking for what you need. But if you've noticed, even when you ask for what you want, the people around you don't always do it. And so it is so important that we learn to meet our own needs so that we can go and contribute as a mom in our communities, um, in the way that feels like us being the most divine version of ourselves, right? We're made to be creators and we can't create if we don't first take care of our own needs. And I think moms neglect their own needs and they're not really sure how to. Um, and a lot of needs we have delegated to certain people. We think certain people should take care of certain situations in our lives and it leaves us feeling totally stuck. So if this masterclass sounds like something that will help you, a girlfriend, a parent, maybe something you should listen to with you and your spouse, just click the link in the show notes below and you guys will be able to sign up there. Um, okay, let's get into this week's podcast. I'm really pumped about, I actually have been throwing around three different ideas, but this one just seemed like to resonate with me. This week we are talking about one of my favorite 
cleaning tips and tools that I've ever learned. And it's called the one touch rule. Okay. The one touch rule is the idea that once we touch something in the house, we don't put it down until it's in its final resting place. So for example, if I see dirty socks on the floor, which I see a lot of those around here, I don't pick them up and put them on the island. I've already touched them. They're in my hand. So I'm going to walk them all the way to the laundry room. Or if I see someone's backpack on the floor, instead of putting it on the bench in the mudroom, I'm going to open up the closet in the mudroom and hang it on their hook. The one touch rule, the idea is that it eliminates, um, it makes cleaning faster. And I try to tell my kids that too. I'm like, oh, the one touch rule, like, don't put it down there. Keep going all the way to the final spot. And I'm sure it's really annoying with my kids and I'm sure they don't love it, but it helps me keep my house clean. And I think a lot of moms already sort of use this, which is why it takes us so long to get from point A to point B in the house, right? We're like trying just to get to the bathroom and on the way we pick up everything we see, right? And we're carrying it with us. So don't forget that we always need to stay focused on the task at hand because when we just think, if I see it, I got to clean it, we might get a little overwhelmed and a little bit distracted from our goals. So when you are actually cleaning or when your kids are doing things, the one touch rule can be so helpful. Now, one of the ways that you can implement the one touch rule is through organization. And one of the things that I learned was that when you organize, when you create centers, areas, right? Landing places like mud rooms or closets, or um, some people have a landing counter in their kitchen they don't love, but it becomes the landing counter. When you create those, you also have to create rules around it. And you have to also then make those rules known to your family. So if I create a mudroom, I need to create rules around it. Like shoes always go in the baskets. Backpacks get hung up on hooks. And then I need to let the kids know, this is your hook. This is your hook. And then I need to let them know, you need to take your lunchbox out of your backpack and put it on the kitchen counter so I can go through it. You need to take your water bottle and empty it into the sink. Okay? So that's making rules around an organized area and then letting those rules be known to the people who will be using it. Okay? And if you want, you can also come up with a consequence for not following through. It also can be really helpful to set reminders in that area for what the rules of that area are. I have not gotten to the stage yet in my organization, um, but someday I will laminate some rules and put them up in my different organization stations. Now, this is not a podcast on cleaning and organizing. Okay? Before you get bored or if organization isn't your thing, Hang with me because this is going to apply to something so much bigger than cleaning your house. But this week in Come Follow Me, our study, we heard President Uchtdorf's talk. And one of the things that stuck out to me the most was when he said, change the shape of your day, change the shape of your life. Okay. And I started thinking about the one touch rule. 
okay? And the way that if we could just change one thing, if we could just touch something and walk it all the way to its final place, we could change the shape of our day, okay? And one of the ways that I think that we can implement the one-touch rule is through our decision-making, is through whether or not we say yes or no, okay? Rachel Hollis was saying, if it's not a heck yes, it's a no. And the one reason that I think most of us say maybe The main reason is because we are afraid what other people will think. We are afraid that what we do will not match up to their expectations of what we should do. And so we say, maybe. And to me, that's mentally the same thing as walking by a backpack in your house, picking it up, and then dropping it almost in your kid's room. And soon the hallway gets piled up with stuff that needs to go in your child's room. A maybe is just something you have to revisit again, okay? And so when we can make a powerful decision, a powerful yes or no, it's like taking that item and walking it all the way to our kid's room and putting it in their room and we get to clear it out of our head, okay? Now, here's one reason by saying maybe is not a good idea. First of all, you are not very likely to leave that situation with that person and all of a sudden become a heck yes. Like, heck yes, I want to help with the school PTA. If it's not something you wanted to do in the moment and you said maybe, you're just stalling because you don't want to say no in person, okay? So a maybe just wastes your time and the other person's time. They're also going to keep asking you because they don't know that you don't like to volunteer in the PTA. They don't know that you don't want to do carpool or they don't know that you hate to craft. Okay. Saying maybe is a disservice that we do to ourselves because we have to revisit it. And it is a service that we do to the other person because they have to keep revisiting it. And they have to keep asking us when they could save time asking somebody who likes to do that. Okay? Now, any of those things that you say maybe to that you want to say no to, it is usually because you want to live up to the expectations that you think others have for you. Quite possibly of what a good mom is. A good mom does not mean that you volunteer at PTA. A good mom does not need to be someone who helps with the school play. A good mom does not need to be somebody who keeps her house clean. A good mom is not somebody who is always available, okay? Or who is home when their kids get home from school. And I know a lot of you are feeling like these things are so important to you, but That is not the definition of a good mom. You just get to decide what it means to you to be a good mom. For some of us, being home when our kids get home from school is not possible. And it is not the best way for us to be a, quote, good mom. Okay? And so I just want you to know that if you're trying to live up to the expectations of others, and also your own expectations of yourself, 
there is not enough time in the day, okay? So to be able to make a strong no, you need to list your priorities. You need to get very clear about what your priorities are. And then you need to define what that is to you, okay? You need a clear ending point, a clear goal, okay? So for example, my priorities go like this, me, then God and my faith, then my husband, Jason, and my commitment to our marriage, and then my kids and motherhood, and then my business and my greater goal of wanting to help women learn to lean into their mood and master their mood so they can go on to enjoy and and contribute in life the way that they were meant to contribute because women are so powerful. So those are my priorities. Then I need to define them, right? So what is what is excelling in me look like? Okay? And that could change. But what does that mean? What kinds of things am I doing right now to make me a top priority? Okay? For me it's morning routine. It's exercise. It's, did I shower or do my makeup this morning? It's scripture study. It's writing down possibilities or doing coaching for myself. Those are the things that I use to make me happy and peaceful. It's meal prep. Right now, it's um, getting healthy again, right? It's saying no to dairy and gluten and sugar because that makes me feel better, right? That's under the me category. And that includes some of my non-negotiables, things I am unwilling to adjust on to meet the expectations of others. And you guys, there should be very few things that you adjust on to meet the expectations of others, I'm not saying don't adjust. I'm saying if you're going to adjust, do it because that's the kind of person you are not to meet their expectations. Okay. So ask yourself, does this align with one of my goals? Down the line, I have God and faith. Sometimes I think we mistake God and faith as a priority And we think that also includes every single calling we are given and the way we think others think we should be uh, serving in that calling, okay? I have taken note that now for callings, they actually come to your house and they, before they offer the calling to you, the, the service job in our church, they say, would you be interested in accepting a calling in primary or wherever they're offering the calling? They do this because they want you to feel like you have a choice. And then if you say yes, then they extend the calling to you. Okay? Because I think there's been a misconception that you cannot say no. I always think about how Joseph Smith said that he will give us the guidelines and Heavenly Father will give us the commandments. And then he wants us to govern ourselves. And in true Emily fashion, that is not the exact quote, but (laughs) Heavenly Father wants us to govern ourselves and he wants us to do it through personal revelation always. Personal revelation always, I think, comes um, 
comes higher than a calling. I think that if we are given, this is just my own personal opinion, but I think that if we are given, offered a calling, we need to think about whether or not it aligns with what we're capable of, with what we can handle, and with our priorities, okay? So next on my list is motherhood. And one of the tools that I use a lot with moms is helping them define what motherhood is to them. And we take out all of the I shoulds in the definition and we get rid of all of the the things they think other people think they should do. And we get rid of all of the statements that are so I can make my kids happy. Okay? Right? Because a lot of our definitions of motherhood are I want to help my kids be happy or I want to... I want to ease their burdens, or I want to, um, I want them to become good humans. The part that we're missing there is that they have agency. So really make sure that your definition of motherhood is about you. Okay. I want to be there when my kids need help. That's totally in your control, right? I want to offer advice. I want to teach my kids how to be kind, okay? I want to show up for them. I want to teach them the gospel, right? I want my kids to be happy is not in your control. And so that one will leave you very frustrated if that is your definition of a good mother. If other people thinking you're a good mom is your definition of a good mom, you'll be frustrated quite often. So after that, right, is my business, And my business is going to inconvenience people sometimes, right? Any pursuit of growth will sometimes inconvenience others, okay? And when we have our definitions all lined up about what is important to us, it's so much easier to drop the guilt when people are inconvenienced by our own decisions and our own growth. Okay, so most importantly, The one-touch rule can apply to quick decision-making. Saying no if it's not a heck yes, and we do that without guilt by first having our priorities all set out and clearly defining what each one looks like. Okay, you guys? Okay, some other ways that we can apply the one-touch rule. All right, one-touch clothing. If your closet has a 1,000 pieces of clothes and you only like 30% of them, there will not be one touch happening there. You will be sifting through pounds and pounds of clothes. So one touch can help when it comes to makeup, clothes, any clutter you have in your home. Just pick a few of the things you love. Okay. If you haven't worn it in six months, it's gone. We ditch it. Okay. Because one touch means we get to make quick, swift decisions. And you guys, your decision-making power, that energy does get used up. People call it decision fatigue. Okay. And so you have so many neat, important decisions to make throughout the day that we don't want to waste our energy on what to wear or where our eyeshadow is or 
right? Where that bracelet is or where that file is. Okay. So minimize down your stuff. Okay. And my philosophy is I keep the memory and I let go of the thing. So for things that are memorable for me, me personally, I like to keep the memory and let go of the thing because I want a full life and that means full memories, but I don't need the stuff to remind me of it. And sometimes my brain creeps in and it's like, why aren't you sentimental? Why aren't you like this mom that has all their memories all over their wall and keeps all these sweet things? And that just doesn't work for me. I like to have clear spaces, a clear head. And you know what? I am super sentimental. I love traditions. And so for me, that is how I bring memories into my home. Not so much with pictures and things. And that's just how we do it around here. Okay. Another place where you guys need to use one touch is with the mail. Okay. Don't put down a piece of mail until you figure it out if you need to throw it away or you need to keep it or you need to pay it. Okay. So if it's something you need to go through with your husband, I say, get the mail and don't start going through it until you sit down with him to do that. Okay. But that's a really easy way to only touch something once. Okay. This, the other day, my husband reminded me of this because he started talking about, uh, summer camps for our kids and he opened up, you know, like BYU summer camps and outdoors for youth and especially for youth and humanitarian for youth. And we're looking at them and I'm like, okay, we need to get a piece of paper and we need to write down like all the dates so we can like map them out. And he's like, uh, I guess I could create a spreadsheet. And I'm like, well, that sounds like a lot to do right now. And he's like, well, in true Jason fashion, I just wanted to open it to look at it, to just look for fun with you. And, and I'm like, yeah. And in true Emily fashion, (laughs) I get all hyper and I'm like, why are we looking without spending time without actually writing down what we're finding, right? I'm always in this intense one-touch mindset, and I didn't even realize it. So it's like that for us with budgeting. If my husband starts to talk about money, like, man, we really spent a lot on groceries, I'm always like, pause. Like, do you want to budget tonight? Because I like to open up the budget and talk about money when there's actually something I can do about it, right? I want to look at the budget and I want to move things around and I want to look at it before we just say, we spent a lot. I'm the same way when we were building our house. It was, and and I don't know that it's a benefit or a flaw, but it's just me. But I don't want to talk about house stuff in emotions and opinions. I want to see it in facts. I like the numbers. So if a builder or somebody tells me like, well, that's really expensive. I want to know why and how much and what my budget is for that allowance before someone just tells me that's very expensive. And I kind of got that mindset from trying to grow and, you know, expand my possibilities. I no longer let someone tell me or my brain tell me that's just too hard. I immediately follow it up with, well, how come? Tell me why. Show me the you know, reasons. Tell me how much it costs. Tell me how long it takes because that's just the how. I can figure out the how, right? I just want to know the what. And so one touch with um, budgeting really helps me not get fired up. 
because I just want to see the facts instead of getting really down on myself from the thought we overspent on groceries. I just want to see the numbers so that I can see how we can do better next month, how we did last month. And it just becomes very factual for me. So it's really useful for me in, um, budgeting, um, one touch conversations. When you have a conversation with a friend, come to a final solution. Kind of like when I told you earlier to just say yes or no. When you have a conversation with somebody about something, decide the solution in that conversation. Never let the conversation end with, okay, let's, we'll circle back to it then. Okay. Unless there's more information that you need. Okay. Cause then it's one more thing floating around in your head. Another place that I love to have one touch is meetings. If I have church meetings or, um, I was on my floor council at BYU, or, you know, if you work with a group or you're, you're meeting with other people in your business, or you're meeting with your husband and talking about your family, make decisions in that meeting. Okay. Holding off on decisions is based on fear, fear that you don't know enough, fear that you might change your mind. You guys, fear is not useful. The way that we figure out if our decision is good or bad is by making the decision and then seeing the result. If you don't make the decision, you still won't know if it's a right or wrong decision. So if you've accumulated enough information, go ahead and make the decision in the meeting. And I tend to get a little crazy there too, because when I'm in councils or things like that in presidencies and they say, okay, well, we'll text about it later. I'll send an email. I'm always like, no, let's decide right now. Let's decide right now. And that's because I like to make good use of the time I'm sitting there. And it is the one touch rule. Okay. Like always, these are my thoughts. These are just mental constructs and ideas that help me. But if any of these don't resonate for you or you don't like them, you can totally just drop them. But I want to recommend that you try on the one touch rule somewhere in your life to make decision fatigue go down and your learning and growth speed up because you can learn quicker from your decisions. All right, you guys, I hope you have an amazing day. Don't forget to go to the show notes below and check out and sign up for the new masterclass happening on the 25th of January, how to meet your own needs. It's going to be so good. Share it with friends and family, get registered, and I will see you there. Have a great day. Bye-bye. If you have questions about anything you've learned here on the podcast or want help with something going on in your own life, hop on a free coaching call with me. In just 30 minutes, you'll have real tools for your unique situation go to limitlessfemalecoaching.com forward slash work with me, or you can find a link in the show notes below. Spots are limited, so grab one before you miss it.